Welcome, everybody, to the Week 7 recap of the Eyes on Big podcast. Coming at you in a special time. It is Saturday night. We are literally watching the end of the Michigan-Wisconsin game. Ouch. It's a the, barn burner. It's a, it is not a barn burner. If the barn is burning, all the milk cows are inside the barn dying right now, and they are screaming right now. Good analogy. Um, I like that. Yeah, so we just decided to uh, go ahead and watch some college football together. Pretty much all afternoon and evening, we have been partaking in certain <laughs> <laughs> forms of alcohol all night long. Several we don't forms. really know how this is going to go. We feel like we've got enough eyes on big podcasting in our belt that this just will flow amazing well, or maybe i'll just slur my speech and it'll be tough to we're experts at this point we're yeah. pros Is i'm sure it'll are? be it'll be fine i've never been a pro at anything before that means a lot to well me welcome to the club <laughs> uh share us and tweet us and all that stuff right and i'm big kurt on on twitter at yeah. Big Kurt, B1GKURT. What about you? I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. I don't know. We typically for this one would do the uh, weekly uh, Eisman candidates. You got something you want to run through right away? You, yeah. Let's are you prepared? Run. I am prepared. Nice, man. Yes, I did. You had that damn notepad in front of you all day. I didn't know what you. Okay. Well, fantastic. I, I took for very it. few notes, but here's what I did take. Eisman candidates for this week. Dwayne Haskins, Ohio State University. 33 of 44 passing, 412 yards. This is like almost a weekly occurrence for yeah, him. Yeah, it is. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. K.J. Hill, great game for Ohio State. Nine receptions, 187 yards, two touchdowns, and a big one-hander with the celebration in the end zone. Yeah, the, the celebration in the end zone. In One of the better ones I've see seen it, in a long time. He acted like the ball was stuck to his hand, and he finally pried it off with his with foot. With his foot. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Flynn Nagel. 12 receptions, 220 yards, and two no touchdowns. No kidding. Yeah. David Blau, wow, 25 of 36, 377, three touchdowns, one interception. Finally, Nate Stanley, 21 of 33, 320 yards, six touchdowns, one interception. All right. I'm calling the call. We haven't done this yet. I'm half owner of this podcast. I can do what I want. Cole do it. Eisman of the week. You Nate's, going Co? Yeah, Co. Nate All Stanley right. and and Flynn Nagel. Flynn Nagel. Hmm. You know what I'm going to do here? Yeah. I'm going Nate Stanley. No Co. Really? Just Nate Stanley. Six, Six touchdowns touch- is a lot of touchdowns. Okay, let's stop and pause. What is the Big Ten record? Do you know who it is? No. You don't? No. Oh, is it like a Chuck Hartley? Is it? A yeah, Chuck, Chuck Hartley. Nice. Seven touchdowns for Iowa. Very took good. A, took a run at old Chucky. Tonight. Yes, took a run at him. I'm going Nate Stanley. Yeah, six I mean, touchdowns in a. It's hard to beat. You know, it's a, it was a big game going into Bloomington. Absolutely, I mean, we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But wow, man, thank you. I didn't think that's where I, f- I figured you're going to go, Flynn Nagel. I was now. Yeah, I understand that yeah. because he's one of my favorites. He deserves but. a shout out in some capacity to the number one growing uh, Big Ten football specific podcast in America. So <laughs> absolutely. All right, should we just go ahead and we get love into the Flynn. games? Let's get into the games, baby. All right, so let's just go ahead and get right into the games. First up, you got to start somewhere, right? Maryland, 34. 
Rucker seven. Maryland with 370 yards of total offense. That's okay. Mm. Rucker's 179 Oof. yards of total offense. All right, you ready for these stats? You Please, peaked. He peaked. I peaked. Two I... hours ago, he had not seen these Rucker stats, and I wanted to whap him upside the head right, with them. But, but then, ten we... beers later, I forgot that I wasn't supposed to peak. And he, and he cheated and he checked on Twitter. So, uh, Arthur Sikowski, two of sixteen oh. for eight yards, oh, zero eight? touchdowns, and four interceptions. Right? Yeah. Are you sure that's yes. right? I, I looked it up several times. It is got to be some sort of modern day Big Ten record. Okay, so for I saw how the, awful the stats. Are. I saw the two of sixteen. Then you shamed me, so I looked away. Shame. I didn't shame. see the eight yards. Yeah. But I saw the four interceptions. Eight. Yeah. Oh, they turned look. the ball over. I believe. I know it was. Uh, f- uh, I think they turned the ball over six times today. You can't do that. You can't do Honestly, that. this is a record for futility here. Yeah. Two of 16 with four interceptions, only eight yards. As you can tell, we are kind of doing some of this by by flying by the seat of yeah, our we're, pants. We're shooting but, from the hip here. Yeah, very much so. But I'm going to look this up. Okay, yeah, eight yards. Go for it, buddy. Eight yards of total offense, five turnovers. So they worked in a uh, fumble on top of the four interceptions. Maryland's got a nice defense. <laughs> they don't have eight yards of passing well, defense. And, and let's recall that two of their best defenders were suspended for the first half that's incredible yeah Rutgers is we have to you know like the tire fire and the dumpster fire and in a toilet they need to like this is like a jersey armpit fire I don't know we have to come up with some sort of horrible analogy that just focuses on Rutgers we might have to put them in cement galoshes and throw them in the Hudson River Ooh, yeah a little uh, soprano action yeah yeah if this was some sort of mafia person, it would have been eliminated and put out of its misery a without long a time doubt. Ago. A long time ago. But what do we say about Maryland? I, I mean, I, they beat this team, right? So okay. uh, their passing stats: eight of 17, 76 yards, three oh. touchdowns. So basically, three touchdowns through the air. Correct. Amazing. Yep. It was. As bad as you thought maybe it would be. I mean, the final score is 34 to 7. At some point, it was 34 to 34 nothing. nothing at some point, right? But three touchdowns through the air, that's impressive. At the same time, they still just are not effective through the air. How can you 290 not, yards rushing for Maryland, which is great, but how can you not throw the ball against this defense? It is. I don't have a lot of confidence in this team for the rest of the year. Maryland? Maryland. No, I know. Every time they go against the defense that's going to have a pulse. Right. Which Rutgers does not have. They're they're going to have issues because if you yep. if you stop their running game, they're not only playing left handed, right. they're playing with both hands tied behind their back. Even though Rutgers knew that, they still could not stop them from getting behind thirty four to nothing to Maryland. But at least they got those eight positive yards. <laughs> Passing. Passing. Passing game. It's very big. It's something to build on oh next week. And uh, you know, le- when we started this podcast, we did not want to make fun. No. But this is like, this is getting historic. It's hard not to. I mean, we'll make fun of Illinois in a little bit, but not as much as this. Though. Yeah. There's not much more to say on this. Game, well, he's leading the country in interceptions by far. Yes. He was leading going into this game. And he threw four. And he tacked on four more. Oh, mercy. I mean, the whole IMG 
got beat out by Annex. Um, uh, Zach Annex. Yeah, nothing. Nothing is looking positive for Rutgers. Clearly, right Minnesota won that battle. Yeah. So. With the uh, results of this game, that moves Maryland to four and two overall, two and one in the Big Ten. Rutgers drops to one and six overall, zero oh and four in the Big Ten. That's all she wrote for the rest of the year for Rutgers. Moving wow. on to the next game, yeah, it's going to be hard for me to stop giggling at my current state. Northwestern thirty-four, <laughs> Nebraska thirty-one. <laughs> Total yards almost even. Northwestern, 487 yards to Nebraska's 482. Nebraska was winning this game by 10. Yes. With five minutes to go in the game, just punting the ball. They somehow found a way to completely screw themselves and lose another one. Right. So they pinned them at the one-yard line. Yep. That was Isaac Armstrong with an amazing punt. And then what happens the first play? Penalty. Roughing the passer. Shocker. Yeah, shocker. So gets him out of a, a huge hole right there. And then Northwestern just basically, you know, gives it, hands it over to Clayton Thorson right down the field. Who, by the way, could have been in the running for an Eisman candidate. He, he could he, have, he was, but... He was, it was kind of sloppy early. Yeah, he a little had bit sloppy. 41 of 64 for 455 yards. Three touchdowns, two picks. That's pretty good. And at the half, at half, Clayton Thorson wasn't having that great of a game. No, right. He was not. But but he did pick it up at the end of the game. And Flynn Nagel, this dude is just clutch. He's a baller. Every time he they He might need... be my favorite player in the Big Ten that doesn't wear black and gold right now. I would... It's funny you say that. I was going to say the same thing. I don't like giving Northwestern compliments, but I have to say that Flynn Nagel is one of my favorite players in the entire conference. Yeah. Dude just comes up with plays. Northwestern got their first penalty with a minute and 13 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And speaking of penalties, that's incredible. And speaking of penalties, congratulations, Nebraska. Yes, their lowest penalty output of the year. Only nine penalties. Only nine you penalties. stayed under double digits for the first time this year. Congratulations. So then, of course, Northwestern sends it into overtime, and what happens? Bad snap, interception by, by Martinez. Yep. Northwestern gets the ball back, just plows into the line three times, kicks the field goal to win it. Already had a great start of the day with Iowa winning the 11 o'clock game. This game I got at three and a half points. Oh, yeah. And I took Nebraska. <laughs> so Nebraska loses the game, but I win the bet by a half a point. Oh, that was fantastic. Um, this is a 0 6 start. Right. For so the we Scott should point Frost, that out. Nebraska Cornhuskers. Yeah. This is the worst start in the history ever. Of Nebraska football, 129th year, 129th iteration of Nebraska football, and this is the worst it's ever been. And Greek, tell tell the audience what you what you asked me. When do you think Nebraska started playing football, Big Kurt? What did that I say? That was cool. And I literally just off. I'm writing notes down before you know we do this. Before obviously you get down and record the podcast, so I just threw it out there. Kurt nailed it. Nailed, nailed 1890 1890 that was their first year playing um so after the game 
there was good job by the way. I didn't thank you. Him, I didn't give him props right there. So after I'm the patting game, myself in the back right now. Press conference. Scott Frost yeah, we was asked about how the the turn of events, how you ever want to how you want to say it went at the end with the the defense not being able to stop Northwestern. Um, should have you called something different defensively? And and Scott Frost said, "I don't call the defense. Somebody has got to make a play." But, now that is not above and beyond throwing your defensive coordinator and players under the bus, but it's it's quasi doing that. Well, I think it's throwing them under the bus. Yeah, officially, I think so. And it's exactly what you don't do as a head coach. And it, it shows that he's frustrated right now, and he's doing the wrong things. He literally said he, he talked about the snap going you know right. in between his quarterback's legs. He literally started laughing in the press conference and goes, I've never seen anything like this before on a football field. He is dumbfounded. Yeah, he's right at now. his wit's end right now. But we've been saying he's at his wit's end for a month straight now. But this doesn't play well with the team. The team hears this stuff. Yeah. So it's only going to get worse from here, don't you think? And, you know, and Big Kurt and I, of course, thumb through Twitter and kind of just see what we can read and see what we can find. One of the Nebraska beat writers, Sam McKeon, mm-hmm. um, basically just writing what he's seeing. And, he, and this is a Nebraska beat writer. They are the friendliest, kid gloviest uh, type of beat writers that you'll Most ever come across. softball tossing yes. questions of like, all time. Yes. And they they typically write articles like that. The only thing they're writing is this is bad. This is bad football. This is bad coached football. And then every single time in the replies, it is, if you're not on board right now, get off. We don't need you. And it's bad. And basically, there's other well, Nebraska fans that are just saying, we. It's okay to be a Nebraska fan, but call out bad coaching. And I don't know. I saw it. I saw a lot of negativity today from Nebraska yes, fans it, it on grew, Twitter. It grew today. Yeah. yeah for now, sure. of course, it's going to grow. You're going to see that more after getting an absolute throat punch of a loss <laughs> in a game. And you know, by the way, we got to switch to Northwestern here. the The notes I have written out here is: don't ever count out a Pat Fitzgerald correct team during the game. Don't count them out during the yeah. season. It is in, it is insane. On the other side of the ledger, from right now, one of the worst coaching jobs in college football this year, which is Scott Frost. Yeah, right. It's hey, it's in the team picture right now. For how I know, I know, I when, agree. When I'm it not, is the worst start not in the history of your, you. of your pro football program, you're at least in the. I running. see what you're saying, but you're comparing it to the Pat Fitzgerald well, and, coach, and, and you know, it's not like Northwestern setting the world on fire just with their overall record. No, but, look, but they could is... have nosedived three weeks ago easily look at what they're doing well look at this is a team that cannot run the ball at all and they're just giving it to Clayton Thorson and you know nothing against this receiving cork because as we've said we love Flynn Nagel but they do not have like game breakers outside they have Clayton Thorson and Flynn Nagel that's just right and a little bit of Cam Green here and there okay Fair but, enough. Sorry. I mean they just have no running game at some point that their luck is going to run out but they just they're gonna keep running it until they can. They keep 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 throwing it until they can. I'm just I if I was a Northwestern fan and we got some great followers of the podcast, th- they've Bunch been them, awesome. Yeah. They were very negative. I understand that for a while there, but you have got to be proud of your squad. Right yeah, it was now. it was kind of funny. Uh some of the some of the Twitter uh followers out there for the eyes on big were so negative uh Northwestern like 
leading up to the end of the game. And I'm, right. I'm thinking, come on, this is these are the cardiac cats. This is what they do. And they did it again. So congratulations to Northwestern. One of the biggest gut punchiest games of all time for Nebraska with the win. <laughs> that moves Northwestern to three and three. Currently in first place in the Big Ten West at three and one because they still got an out-of-conference game coming, by the way. Nebraska falls to 0-6, 0-4 in the mm. Big Ten. Things not looking fantastic Mercy. in Lincoln. Up next, Iowa 42, Indiana 16. Iowa with a robust 479 yards of total offense. Indiana with 330. At one point in the game, there was almost a 200-yard uh, yardage differential. So I guess I'll start out here. The old adage with Iowa, and and, and a lot of this still plays. Iowa wants to run the ball, right? We always of course. want to run the ball. We still want to run the ball. We want to run the ball this week. We want to run the ball next week. Don't get me wrong. But when you did that, and you could, when you knew that, and if you had the ability to load the box and stop the run. Basically, the Iowa offense just came to a screeching halt, and mm -hmm. everybody made fun of the Iowa offense, and it's Kirk Ferentz's offense, and blah, blah, blah. We might be to the point where that's officially dead, at least in at, 2018, at least barring, barring you know horrific injuries that could happen. Because right now, Nate Stanley, he's good for his boneheaded play of the game. He had it in the middle of the second quarter today. He did. Um, he did. And it, he did. it led to Indiana getting back in the game for about the only scare right. of the game. But right now, the tight ends, TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant, are not only the two best tight ends in the Big Ten, they're the two best tight ends in the whole country. I think so. And what I said to you earlier today was, do you think perhaps TJ Hawkinson is the best tight end on Iowa. Yeah. And if you were in the basement of my house here in Minnesota, you would have heard, you know, just amazing uh, football talk out of Big Kurt and, and Jeffrey the Greek. And this is one of the many conversations. Um, at one point, we were going to have the microphones on us and just record our, our banter today. And then we we just got too tired to do that. But I think that didn't happen because of how just kids and no, I think and, it was it was yeah. mostly me okay. because of the. The outcome yeah, of the Illinois, Illinois game. game. We'll get to that. We'll get but, to that one. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, TJ Hawkinson is probably the all-around best tight end on There's the no team. There's no doubt he is the best all-around tight end, but, but the best pass-catching tight end is still Noah Fant. Noah Fant is and the best Jimmy Graham. He's Jimmy Graham 2.0. I've best, been saying that for quite some time now. Best projection to the NFL for sure. Yeah. But for an every-down tight end, you just cannot beat tj hawkinson yeah. the guy's incredible both went over 100 yards uh today both caught touchdown passes um first time a oh, two right. iowa receivers went over 100 yards in 11 years wow. and it's two tight ends and i'm kind of proud of that I'd oh by the way too. the wide receivers got involved too amir smith yeah. marset smith marset looked good looked smith good. was great smith too Grant smith looked okay easily looked good i mean basically i was got a passing attacks right now they so both what, what is happening is brian ferentz has exercise the demons of our last offensive coordinator will not mm -hmm. name him but <laughs> i could name him yeah um and that it it takes more than one year to get past that lethargic style of play calling sure it literally took us one year and about four games unfortunately now four and a half games that didn't happen in the wisconsin game but anyways long story short right now iowa can run the ball they ran the ball just fine today they had 
over 100 yards yeah. rushing. Um, um, but the fact of the matter is what has changed the most is if you do lo- uh, load the box, Nate Stanley and the Iowa passing attack can hit you. Well, I think the thing I was most impressed with their receivers, not you know, I'm talking about excluding the tight ends, is their ability to go up and get the ball. You know, contested balls they were they were grabbing, which and that's called a, confidence. The quarterback throws it up because he knows right. his, his his receivers can make a play. Yeah. So the defense, you got to give them some nods too. Um, they were only reason they gave up the points they did is because they basically got put in tough situations, one by Stanley and just a couple other things that happened. Um, um, Because a lot of uh, linebackers and cornerbacks were gone. These are guys that are not lost for the season. They're just lost for a, you know, one to two to three week deal. So they should be back on the other side of the ball. Indiana showed why they're a pretty good team. Um, When I broke down the game or when we broke down the game, excuse me, last week, something I pointed out was Indiana has looked good. But when they've played good teams, yeah, they've not looked good. Agree. <laughs> Michigan State, Ohio State, and yeah. now Iowa. They're they're still a a step down just as far as as talent and overall. I don't know game plan. And then today they 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 were sloppy. They were very sloppy today. They were pretty sloppy. But you know what? I think there Peyton Ramsey's much maligned with with the Hoosier faithful. But he's a solid quarterback. Just, just you know, be happy for what you have right now, and know that you've got a four star behind him. He he runs well, throws decent, doesn't throw a great long ball. I get it, but he's pretty good at distributing the ball. And they had a tackle out today going against a, a really good Iowa defensive line. He definitely had several times in the day where he had a defender pretty yeah. much. Uh, honing down on top of him. He played fine. He, he did not light the world up. He didn't kill Indiana. Right. In all honesty, it, it was the best you probably could have hoped for I at agree. some point in that game. So with the win, that moves Iowa to 5-1 and one overall, 3-1 and one the Big Ten. And if they're not freaking ranked on Sunday, tomorrow I'm going to be really ticked off. Uh, Indiana falls to 4-3 and three overall, 1-3 and three in the Big Ten. Next game up, kind of an interesting one mm-hmm. here. The Ohio State 30, Minnesota 14, Ohio State 504 yards of offense. Minnesota 396 yards of total offense. Now, I'm not saying Ohio State got manhandled, but I'm sure as the heck saying they didn't do the manhandling in this no, football game. they did not. They, they got a scare put into them. You know, this is a Minnesota offense that – hasn't been doing that much this year, but they kept moving the ball downfield against this Ohio State You know, defense. going into this game, I thought Minnesota's offense was getting dogged on more than it deserved. Well, um, it, they're, they're ranked pretty low. Okay. And statistics matter, so maybe I'm kind of talking out of two sides of my mouth here, but I know this much. I can look at their receivers and say that they've yes. got talent on the outside to There's make no things doubt. happen. And then... Not only that, not only did their receivers look good today, but Muhammad Ibrahim. Yeah. If a man wants to call, call himself Muhammad, goddammit, it's a free country. <laughs> he can call himself Muhammad. His mama call him Clay. I'ma call him Clay. <laughs> so I think there is plenty that we saw here for Gopher fans to uh, hang their head on. The joke going through the day was. 
are you are you on the boat, Gopher fans? Are you off the boat? Are you on the boat? Are you off the boat? You should. You, Do you have you an know? oar in your hand? <laughs> What's going on here? Oars up. Um, but I, in all honesty, Zach Annex said not a great day. Uh, yeah, get, zero what, touchdowns, what two two interceptions. Um, but everything that you say about a quarterback, arm strength, uh, decision making, decision making, accuracy, all that Quick stuff, release, right? Yeah. All of that goes away if you're not tough. That and kid's he's tough. tough. That oh, is absolutely. A, that is a tough kid at quarterback. I don't think he's. Off the charts, talented, but no. you, you can win with that guy, especially as he progresses. So right. we were talking about, uh, in the preview show, getting the ball to the playmakers, and he was getting the ball to the playmakers. Ty yep, Johnson, Ty Johnson uh, Rashad Bateman. Bateman. I was kind of surprised they didn't uh, have Bryce Williams out there. Is he injured? I'm not sure. Not but sure. Mo Ibrahim was doing a great job. Yo, Hamid. Hamid. Ibrahim was doing a great job against that yeah. Ohio State defense. So. Minnesota deserves some credit. On the other side of the ball, I mean, they have a pretty good quarterback. <laughs> he's pretty good at throwing the ball to pretty good wide receivers. Yeah, he's not too bad. Um, Haskins, he just he keeps doing what he's doing. And to be honest with you, you're, it's kind of getting to the point where you have to give him even more of a nod. And what I'm going at with that is it's not like his defense is putting him into fantastic right. situations all the time. The other side of it is they're not blowing people off the ball with the rushing attack. No, not at either. all. I mean, Ohio State probably will, probably should move into the number two spot after Georgia got dick smacked by by LSU tonight. But point being is like there there's enough there. When you look at their record, when you look at their schedule, right. they deserve to be number two or number three somewhere around there. But I would even think the most scarlet and gray colored glasses type of Buckeye fan right now has got some real concerns with this defense. Well, absolutely. The defense is a problem. I'm watching the linebackers today and they're just taking bad angles, missing tackles. Um, You think, okay, Haskins throws for 412 yards. We must've won 50 to 13 wrong. There's a lot of problems going on in this defense, which is why I, as a voter, would have trouble putting them at number two. But then you got to start looking around and who would yeah, you put I get over it. top. It's not, it ain't Georgia anymore. But defense. No, Notre Dame didn't look like world beaters yeah, I today. get it, but defense LSU's typically lost wins. lost the game. Yeah. There's nobody in the Big 12 to pick. Who are you going to pick from the Pac-12? True. Clemson they is They may be, it. by default, number two, right? Two or three or four, somewhere yeah. around there. But they have problems. They, they have it, issues. But as They're a uh, fans of the Big Ten, Big Kurt and I, that have watched Ohio State play for a year and years, you still have a confidence that they'll figure something out and get, get the defense turned well, around the at thing. some point. I mean, they've got plenty of time to figure it out before the playoff, right? Yeah, because they still got a couple more um, not-so-hard games until they get to the meat of their schedule, So, because Michigan obviously is at the end of the year. So. Well, and then they get Michigan State Yeah, at some point before, before Michigan. That's going to be a great one. So with the win, that moves Ohio State to seven and zero, four and zero in the Big Ten. Minnesota falls to three and three overall, zero and three in the Big Ten. So that's three up for Minnesota and three down. Next game up, wow, that was a surprising one. Michigan State twenty-one, Penn State seventeen. Michigan State 
with 418 yards of total offense to Penn State's 387. I told you this would be an under. It was indeed an under, but I also told you that Penn State would cover the uh, four, 13 and a half points. Not only did they not cover the 13 and a half points, they got beat. It was kind of the game that uh, talk out of two sides of my mouth alert. Yeah, kind I of the love this. kind of the game that I expected. I did not okay. expect this to be a Penn State running away with it. I I expected Trace McSillery to have success running the ball. He did he did just fine running the ball. What I didn't expect was for Michigan State to a muddy it up that well with just the overall feel and style of the game mm-hmm. and then B have as much success. I mean, they had 418 yards of total offense in the game and boy, that was enough. Penn state could not put them away. They had a chance to put them away one, two, maybe three times. Can't, if you don't do that to a, to a D'Antonio coach team, you're going to pay at some point. Well, so I guess that my thing was, I just expect a Michigan state team to muddy it up. And that's why I didn't pick them to win this game by any means, but I did pick them to cover the the 13 and a half here. Boy, so overall, I mean, coming into this game, you did have a back-to-the-wall type of mentality for Michigan State. Um, I just kind of thought with Michigan State having Michigan next week, it's not so much of like a trap game. I just thought, I don't know, I just didn't see enough there. And then with Penn State, yeah, they had the heartbreaking loss to Ohio State. But with the bye week, you would think they would come back. I don't know mm-hmm. if the whole motivation, lack of focus thing played in. Um, I, I, I don't know what to think of this game. I had basically had written this down as a Penn State win. I'm, I'm filling out my sheet as I'm watching, and I just assumed that uh, Penn State was going to uh, wind up winning the game 17-14. Uh, to 14. And then just couldn't put them away. Now, where it goes from here, this really gums things up in the Big Ten East. Or it clarifies it because maybe right now it's just a two-horse race in the Big right. Ten East. I don't know. So I, I remember the one thing I said from the preview was uh, Michigan State's season is kind of lost in terms of winning the the East. But the one thing they have left is ruining somebody else's season. And that's what they did tonight. Yeah. Unfortunately, and I don't know if it's so fantastic for the Big Ten. It's definitely not great knack, for the Big Ten. Definitely going to knock Penn State out of the uh, top ten. I don't know what it's going to do for Penn State overall. I don't know what it's going to do for Michigan State overall mm. in the ranking, rankings. And I don't know what it's going to do for Michigan State for the rest of the year moving forward. It's just going to be really interesting because next week is, I'm pretty sure, I'm, it's Michigan next week. Oh, so. boy. So with that win, Michigan State moves to four and two overall, two and one in the Big Ten. Penn State falls to four and two overall, but one and two in the Big Ten. Mm. Kind of hard to believe. Next up, I'm sorry, buddy, but we can't um, we can't skip over this, man. It's just we can't avoid it any longer. Purdue forty six, Illinois seven. Purdue with six hundred and eleven yards of total offense. They had four hundred and eight yards of total offense at halftime. Mm-hmm. Illinois with 253 yards of total offense. Buddy, I haven't seen a beatdown like that since somebody put a banana down my pants and let a monkey loose. <laughs> well, that's kind of how I felt sitting on your couch after this thing was over. I invited, Big, even... Kurt, I invited Big Kurt over to, the, over to the house. I was feeling great. 
I had to I let him into the house because I was running to go get and, groceries. And I'll be honest, I was feeling pretty great today. I didn't I think we were gonna win. Really? I, okay. Okay. No, but well, I, I thought, mean you're ten point dogs, but it, thought you thought it, was it would look be a lot a, better than that. I thought it was going to be a competitive game. Uh, let's. I, I just don't understand what happened anywhere on either side of the ball for Illinois today. I just kept looking at. Kurt and I and I'll admit I was kind of busy during the game. I was making hamburgers and stuff like that. But I just kept looking at Kurt and I'm like, when are they going to start running the ball? Why is your offensive they, coordinator? They refuse to the run the ball. I don't get it. They they feel they must have felt like they saw something. But AJ Bush is not the kind of guy that's just going to pick a defense apart. You've got to run the ball in order to open up the passing game for AJ Bush, and they just did not do that. They have the two running backs with the best rush yards per attempt in the big freaking 10. And they, it was like and, they barely touched the ball. Well, Mike Epstein touched the ball one time. He had one rush in the entire game. He had 10 yards. That's horrible. Yeah. On defense, I just don't know what they're trying to do. See, I felt like part of the defense's problem was the offense. They were put in a yeah. crappy positions so many times by the offense. At some point when you're backpedaling that much, it just gets tough to stop. People. Yeah, but there were times they had, they had plenty of rest and still just got picked apart. The fact of the matter is if you are Illinois, I think you are in a situation this year after the first five games, you're sitting at three and two. Yeah. What were you doing? Well, you were running the ball. Yeah, well, you just got it. So you, it, let's say you go into a game, like the best team that I can think of that for Illinois to play would be Michigan state where it'd be like, okay, this isn't a good matchup. Michigan state's really good at stopping the ball. Right. You still run the ball because that's what you do. Yeah. Well, because you're Illinois, they were going against Purdue this week, Purdue. And they're throwing it on stop. first down. I don't get it, man. I don't they, get it either. I, I think they overthought things. I think so. You seem to really like your offensive coordinator. I do. I am not as enamored with him as as you are. That's Well, you don't remember Garrick McGee very well then. Oh, well, okay, and, and maybe it's an improvement. But At right Illinois, now, it's always about just taking a step up. Yeah. Just not being as bad as you were before. So this, I, this is a big step up in terms of us, offensive coordinator. But, but today he had a horrible game plan. Today I horrible. likened it to if you're playing a game of Madden, but I would let my toddler call the plays. Yes, just no sounds made, about right. Made no sense. But then on defense, I I really just think they are running the wrong scheme here. And again, very young, haven't gelled yet. But it, it seems like the philosophy is okay. Let's give up a thousand yards and just expect that we're going to get ten turnovers. Really? Is that going to happen? No. It didn't happen today. It didn't happen today. No. And then part of the reason that it didn't happen today is because Purdue's offense is just humming along, man. I mean, they all of a sudden, I mean, co coaching matters, okay? Like, we gave... Coaching does matter. Yeah, you know, we, 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 we uh, uh, gave um, um, Purdue's coach. I've been drinking. Jeff time. Brown? Yeah. <laughs> we gave him a lot of flack beginning of the year, and... Uh, uh, um, you know, uh, coming into the year about the the triumvirate of the uh, of the of the godlike coaches, but the fact of the matter is, two years ago, before he took this job, Purdue couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time on offense. They were right now. They look like they have seven pass catchers on offense that can 
at least make a play, if not break a big play at any time, and you have got to give Brom huge credit for that. Well, absolutely, but it's it's more than the pass catchers. They've got um, Knox and um, uh, is it Markel Jones running the ball. Right I mean, it, they they've just got things working everywhere. They spread the ball out. It's they don't focus on one thing. It's just a very um, you have to defend the whole field. You have to defend everybody. Exactly. And, and that's then, that's, that's and what you the, do when you feel like you don't have that huge number one receiver. Well, they that, do have the huge – and that's the X factor is Rondell Moore. Well, I you guess have I, to when I think of a number one receiver, I think of, you know, the big six-foot-four, you know, outside threat. I, okay. Rondell Moore is their number one most talented target. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like that guy is targeted, you know – 20 times a game they go to him they go to him in key spots that's when they go to Rondale Moore but at the same time he's on pace for 100 receptions this year that just show, that just speaks to his talent <laughs> exactly and it speaks to David Blau just the unbelievable year yeah which having. is you know we talked about this off air it's kind of strange that they actually chose Sindelar to be the starting quarterback at the start of the year yeah um elijah scintillating definitely the the better arm talent the more overall yeah. athletic talent sexier but, looking like nfl talent quarterback for sure but david blow has everything between the ears absolutely and, he, and he's accurate and i he's mean there's a couple yeah. throws a day we, i just turned him like oh yeah. dude that was a good throw well and then there were some throws by aj bush when he, where he said um just catch the freaking ball yeah for Illinois. Yeah. All right. So the win moves Purdue to three and three. So Purdue zero and three to start the year. So three down, three up. Uh, so three and three overall. Two and one. The Big Ten. Illinois falls to three and three overall. One and two in the Big and Ten. And can I just point out that Purdue has now evened the overall series with yeah. Illinois at forty-four just a, games. Just another little bit more salt. Way to go under the wound. And then they what what. Uh, trophy did they take that was the purdue, purdue cannon. cannon that was the cannon the cannon all right and last game of the day which we picked and everybody picked as the big 10 game of the week michigan 38 wisconsin 13 well, my last tally of the yardage was michigan 411 wisconsin 208 Oof. um i was confident enough in this game to not pick Wisconsin in the points all of the I data Wisconsin in the all points. of the previous stats that you could yep. possibly look up all of the trends, many that I pointed out in the previous episode everything pointed to Wisconsin which is why I took them what pointed to Michigan was everything else okay. and nobody's gonna ever you know sneeze at Wisconsin's offensive line and running game um the offensive line running game looked really good tonight. Mm. It, it, I mean, it looked fine. It's not like it okay. embarrassed right. itself, but um, it the, was against one of the greatest defenses in the country. Um, Perhaps the best defense in the country. It's definitely in the team picture yeah. for the best defense. So what happened was Wisconsin's defense is so banged up. It has got so yep. many people gone. It's got so many people missing. Not every offense can take advantage of it as much as it should. Shea Patterson and Michigan, they had enough to take advantage of Wisconsin's defense tonight. They certainly did. And at one point, I mentioned that Shea Patterson was on the move a little bit more, doing some read option a little bit more. That's Big Kurt what, just kept saying, 
Where's this been all year? Exactly. How come they haven't been doing I this all I think they've year? been holding it back, right? I think there's honestly an honest thought that, yeah, that's probably the case. I think that's the case. Um, uh, basically, what Michigan, or excuse me, what Wisconsin had to do to come into the big house and win was play almost flawlessly. Right. They didn't play almost flawlessly no. tonight. Um, I'm kind of actually uh, popping on the stats right now. So Alex Hornibrook wound up seven of twenty for a hundred yards, one touchdown, and two intercept interceptions. Yikes! Unbelievably, it was actually worse than that previous in the night. So that was that was just a great showing by Michigan's defense. Well, my phrase is Hornibrook gonna Hornibrook, and that's why I didn't think they were as good as everyone thought they were going to be. And I felt like that was a slight versus Alex Hornibrook because the. Last two times I've seen him play in big games, the bowl game and versus Iowa, yeah. he looks sharp. But sure. tonight they're just the with the talented back seven that Michigan has right. and the beaten up, not how they pictured it being receiving core for Wisconsin, however yeah. you want to say it, that matchup just did not work out for and Wisconsin again, tonight. Uh Newville out tight end. I mean, I think that's his like safety valve. He he doesn't see anything up and he dumps it down. So he was just helpless tonight. He looked uncomfortable yep. all night. Every time he went back to pass. How many um, yards we got there for Taylor? Uh, going back here real quick. He had 100, 100, 101 yards. He had a 5.9-yard average. That's not too bad. He he had a robust okay. average. The fact of the matter was Michigan just got Wisconsin out of their offense because they Michigan's offense was scoring and Michigan's defense was doing just enough yeah. to, to make Wisconsin think they had to throw the ball and it just played right into Michigan's hands. Correct. I mean, once you get, once you get Wisconsin to that point where running is not their staple when they have to throw the ball, they're just not going to be successful. I don't think. Or in a case tonight where they think they have to throw the ball, I think you could make an argument they could have stuck with the run more, more, and more, probably even into the third quarter tonight. I can think of a couple teams that should have stuck with the run. Yeah, this being one of them. <laughs> uh, Shea Patterson. I mean, his stats are not going to blow you away. Fourteen of twenty for 124 yards, no touchdowns. Okay, no interceptions. The thing is, he had nine carries for 90 yards and a <laughs> touchdown, including an 81 yard run and now some of those rushing yards those were sacks he took that took the back sure he had other uh uh carries that he got mm -hmm. outside and and did very well donathan peoples jones had an, another good day um they're just kind of ham and egging it all over the field right now on offense i still don't think you know i i used the uh saying two weeks ago or whenever it was their offense is not a square peg in a round hole. It's like an right. octagon-shaped peg in and a you round hole. It's still there. You got you got to just shave it down. Shave that octagon down so that it fits into that round Do hole. Do you think right? they shaved a couple more? I think down they shaved tonight? like a couple millimeters off that octagon. Yeah, just sanded it down. Um, I think Michigan is going to cruise at this point to Sh Ohio State. Really. What Michigan State next week can't can't that that's I, uh, I don't think that that's going to be a big hurdle for them. Hmm. I see them be as being a, a much be a better team. Yeah, okay. I mean, I under, I there are there are parts of what you're saying right now. I understand that, sure. but I if if you are a Michigan fan that sees the world through you know realistic you know not lens, through not through maize and blue glasses. Correct. I think you're still pretty concerned about the game now. After that. Yeah. Yeah, then I can see them pretty okay. much, you know, cruising right down to the stretch. So with the win, 
That moves Michigan to five and one overall, three and zero in the Big Ten. Wisconsin falls to four and two overall, two and one in the Big Ten. And right now, looking at the Big Ten conference in the terms of the college football playoff, and then there was three. Right. Okay. I mean, obviously Ohio State's still in the running. Mm-hmm. Obviously Michigan is still in the running. Yep. You got to throw Iowa in there right now. I mean, I, right now, I if, if pr- you're that's mid- true, yeah. Uh, Northwestern and Wisconsin are actually winning the Big Ten West right now. But in terms of having the chance to make the college football playoff, Iowa has a better chance. That's true. One of those they need help, teams. obviously, but they've only got the one loss versus two for for Wisconsin. Correct. So coming into this weekend, Iowa was a game and a half essentially behind Wisconsin. Now it's down to a half game. Correct. Northwestern's in front of them in the Big Ten West, but yep. Northwestern and Iowa haven't played yet. On the other side of the uh, conference in the Big Ten East, um, Michigan State is still alive, I guess. You know, in the in the Big Ten East, but but barely everybody breathing. everybody views this as an Ohio State Michigan thing now. I think absolutely, much. I so, think so. Um, and you know what? We're we're halfway through October, so you should be you know shaving things down to only two or three teams in the conference and that's right where we're at right um quick little around the country um one of the games that i put on the page that i thought looked interesting that some people were pointing out was west virginia and Mm -hmm. iowa state iowa state not only pulled off the upset they manhandled west virginia i don't exactly know what those yards were but it was something like 440 to like 180 for West Virginia at some point. So I had Iowa State covering, but nobody had that. Nobody had that. That's insane. Oregon just took out Washington. Um, That is black eye for the the Pac-12. Yeah, I think the Pac-12 maybe at this point. Could be done. I I would say of all the conferences that are – I'll tell you what – the but two conferences are on life's part of Big the Big 12. Big 12 is not looking good either. The Big 12 yeah. and the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas won today. I mean, it was an ugly game versus Baylor, but they but they pulled it out. Great Baylor squad. Yeah. Um, did they play football games in the ACC today? I didn't even <laughs> pay attention. I didn't notice. Yeah, I didn't really watch that. And then on the other side of things, I think this is good for the overall happiness of the uh, college football world that's outside of the dirty south which is lsu beat georgia that is now georgia has a loss so happy about that if georgia and alabama meet in the sec championship i mean right now we're down to georgia winning out and beating alabama right and alabama would then finish 12 and 1 you know assuming they would and still make the playoff that is what I think we're down to yeah. for the two, the only way that the SEC can get two teams. I in. think so. Who is the jackass who wrote the, here is the well, pass against Dan three Wolken. SEC. Yeah. That's Dan Wolken. USA Dan Wolken wrote a, that said three, here's how three SEC teams in Notre Dame could be the four teams in the college right. football playoff. That's never going to happen. But he knew he would get a lot of, of clicks by writing that. And here, here's our dumbasses talking about yep. our own podcast. Touche. Yeah. Good point. Notre Dame. Got us all, or I should say Pittsburgh, got us all hot and bothered today thinking they were going to take out Notre Dame. Yeah, but Notre Dame got, got it done. Yeah. Um, Want to give a shout-out to what our newest, biggest fan, a guy named Ron Nason in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, uh-huh, okay. Is our newest, greatest, biggest fan. 
He R- loves the cast. Ryan noticed the silky smooth voice of Big Kurt, and he must have. Yeah, something about that. I don't know. So he just he he latched onto the cast. And he's been listening. <sighs> All right. Is there anything else uh, you want to go over here? I got nothing else you other got, than you I want beer. another beer. You got a half a beer. Um, yeah, guys, this was fun. Um, we love doing this, so please keep uh, subscribing and forwarding and getting some friends. Our numbers are doing good, but they can always do better, and we really appreciate you guys listening to the Eyes on Big podcast. This is Jeffrey the Greek. And this is Big Kirk. Right, guys, thanks a lot.